0: Welcome to the OpenIC, my name is Tobi Liebsch. The worst thing that can happen to you in any M&A transaction is a risk that has not been uncovered. Luckily there are experts that can help us either detect those risks or insure them and one of those experts is Anna Sedalevich. Anna is Head of M&A and Transaction Solutions Switzerland at Aeon, which is one of the biggest insurers for transaction risks. In this episode Anna is telling us quite a lot about how they uncover risks and what kind of risks they've uncovered in the past and there's quite some interesting cases about that and um, i think it's a super important topic that of course every MA professional has to stay on top of so without further ado into our conversation with anna hey anna thanks for joining me today great to have you on before we get into everything let's first give a bit of context to uh, who you are and, and what you do because of course Alan on the website you know, say. You offer clarity and confidence to make better decisions but what does it actually mean and what's your role within aeon
1: hi tobias and thanks for having me to here today so as you said i'm part of the aeon m a team here in switzerland i joined aeon actually 14 years ago i'm sixth year here in the m a space as you say dealing with different uh we are well known as insurance and uh, insurance due diligence provider as well as transaction liability service provider so our main focus where we have started is insurance due diligence services and reps and warranties or warranty and indemnity insurance placements
0: okay and so your specific role is is then within the transactions team so can you just walk me through if you have a new client coming in what's your exact role
1: Yeah, happy to do so. If you have a client who is looking after a specific target, we will then step in as they're looking after an insurance advisor. So we will be, in the first instance, providing insurance due diligence services, looking into the target's specific insurance and risk areas. We will be looking into their current structure with regards to insurance and risk management, we will be interviewing them and uh, asking them how they are approaching some risks so that we have a great outcome for our clients then.
0: Isn't that a lot of pressure? I can imagine that insurance is probably a risk assessment. That's one of the more pressureful uh, topics within M&A It
1: really depends on the client and obviously also on the timelines uh, in uh, such a deal. So, there is of course some pressure if the client is a strategic partner and is, if there is a bidding process and the client really wants to have this target, mm. it will get this pressure out of the client on our end. So, we will re- really have to manage those pre- this pressure and get the best outcome in the end for the client. <laughs> so, mm. yeah, it is definitely a big pressure <laughs> sometimes.
0: Yeah, let's talk about those clients. What kind of clients do you work with? Because of course, you sent your portfolio over. There's a big variety. Is there any common denominator you find in your clients?
1: Yeah, actually, we are dividing our clients in two areas, which are strategic buyers. And those include corporate clients, which are probably served by our colleagues in the background uh, with daily insurance working services. And the other part are financial sponsors, like private equities or infrastructure funds, which are looking to buy a specific target in one of uh, the countries and adding this target to their portfolio companies.
0: Mm. Do you have any sector focus?
1: not really we have persons which are really looking into specific sectors Mm -hmm. but we are as aeon we are not really specialized into one field so we are advising a lot of different uh, industries and uh, clients yeah
0: i can imagine that that it could be quite complicated i saw in your portfolio that you do have quite a lot of life sciences clients quite hard to explain industries if you will now I can imagine that in the risk and in the insurance space, you have to often be quite familiar with the individual risks within a given sector. How do you handle that then if you handle so many different sectors?
1: Yeah, this is a good question actually. So My part would be that I have the overall deal or part for the clients. Mm -hmm. And then I'll be, as you said, we have different industries, uh, which we are working on. And Aeon has built up different industry sector. And there we have people who are really servicing clients into this industry. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, for example, as you said, we have an industry sector group who is looking after heavy metal clients, food Mm -hmm. and beverage, life science. And once I have a specific target for like food or beverage, I will then reach out to my colleagues Mm. into this uh, group and ask to have a chat around this uh, specific target. And Mm. of course, to capture anything which is important for our client and the industry.
0: So you're almost building a little task force per deal then.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So we are bringing different angles and uh, people to our team so that we have a global overview of this uh, specific industry mm. and everyone can uh, say what is really important for this target or yeah. this group
0: yeah interesting talking about your team you recently yeah were promoted to head of a team head of I a mean, transaction uh, solutions for the Switzerland market uh, I understand you do handle more than Switzerland but uh, maybe you can also dive a bit into that but how does your team look like now
1: maybe i can say that we are part of a global m a practice which contains 300 people approximately we are adding new talents and people to the group we are as you said we are part of the dach region and my role is to set the scene here in switzerland Uh, in the dach region we are currently 18 people and here on the ground in switzerland we are currently three of us mm-hmm. and we are about to uh, hire two more person for next year so a lot of uh, ongoing stuff at the moment
0: yeah. <laughs> that's exciting yeah who are you currently looking to hire for because of course we have a lot of talents also listening to the podcast so uh, who are you currently uh, looking for to fill
1: so actually, we are uh, looking uh, for a person who is the pro- project manager for insurance due diligence uh, services. This person will then have, as I have in the beginning of my career, will take uh, the lead on any insurance due diligence mm-hmm. projects. And the second person, we are looking to hire someone who is an MA lawyer who will then be responsible in the Swiss market for the placement of any M&A insurances for M&A transactions
0: awesome let's see if we find someone like that yeah we we'll would be
1: glad to hear something <laughs> yeah
0: so, so let's put a bit of meat on the bone i'm curious about the transaction so let's go a bit into the deal room because um, of course you've been with AR now for i think 14 years so you must have seen quite a lot of transactions in that time
1: yeah actually i did yeah and a lot of di- uh, different ones and interesting ones one uh, happened in 2019 it was the spin-off of uh, Golderma from Nestle, mm. where we have been advising uh, the private equity during the due diligence uh, process. So we have provided our insurance due diligence services mm. since the beginning of the process. And then uh, we had a big pressure because of the timeline. It was really a bidding process with different uh, corporate uh, strategic buyers. So, we did get two weeks or so to finalize our work with a lot of pressure, mm-hmm. of course. And this one really is uh, still in my mind because we had to work with different companies and advisors because mm-hmm. we didn't get, in the end, any kind of information because Nestle was a spin off and required data protections. They didn't disclose hardly anything during yeah. the process. And in Carfouts, you have the situation that the Target, or Calderma, in this case, mm-hmm. lost their coverage after yeah. the spinoff. And then you have to build up a complete new scene yeah. and um, work out insurance uh, costs and uh, set up a new program, how it should look like and what kind of limits they have to purchase. Mm. And This one was really tough. Yeah. But in the end, our bidder won and we were really lucky to support them after yeah. the signing and um, setting up a new whole new area for them. So mm. everything has to be to be set up as of scratch. And yeah, it was uh, really funny because we have to manage summer holidays, people were not around. We had to organize a lot of different stuff and different people in the beginning. Yeah.
0: Sounds like building a plane while you're already flying. Yeah?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, and obviously two worlds coming together. On the one hand, you you have the private equity world who is uh, yeah. who's looking after different stuff and maybe figures are more important for them yeah. than the insurance coverage. And on the other hand, you have the corporate people who are really yeah. looking into the details of the coverage and then yeah. you have yeah. to explain for whom is what important, and you have to build up the bridge between those yeah. uh, two parties. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Which I suppose you're working a lot closely with a lot of advisors, other consultancy firms.
1: Yeah, uh, that's true. So we are working also with deal advisors. Sometimes they, they reach out and ask ourselves if we can support them with a warranty and identity insurance because yeah. they have a specific client, a seller, who needs a specific uh, solution, or yeah. any legal advisors who are supporting the transaction and are yeah. sitting next to the client, the seller, or the buyer in the end, the und- yeah. Who will be reaching out to us and ask uh, for help around insurance areas
0: okay so i guess suppose often you also come in as a second party or yeah. Like yeah yeah that's true yeah. yeah and looking at that galderma deal or also a typical transaction or carva in general what kind of risks are you looking at what's the first thing you look at in a transaction like that
1: in carva it's, it's really interesting because everything has to build up As of scratch, and you have to install everything new. But we typically look after the assets, which has to be insured, like under property and and business interruption insurance. And any third party liability risks, such as public and products mm. liability, yeah. management risks, such as uh, directors and offices liability. And these days, of course, cyber being everywhere yeah. <laughs> is uh, one of the hottest topic at the moment for yeah. advisors and investors.
0: Yeah. Wow. Do you already have these internal resources? Because, of course, hiring these kind of experts in the cyberspace, that is quite in the cyberspace, but in the cybersecurity space, that is quite tough, of course. So, do you already have that internal, let's say, task force, as we discussed earlier, for the specific cyber risks?
1: Yeah, it's interesting because we have, we have broadened our value proposition uh, in the last couple of months. Mm. So we are adding quite new stuff every now and then. And cyber is one of yeah. uh, the areas which we have built, I think, two years ago. We have internal people, a cyber, or we call it digital MA yeah. and those people are really sitting at Aeon and looking into the cyber area of a Target. Yeah. This means that uh, they joined us from uh, big force, law, law firms, or whatever, yeah. and they are really screening the target. It could be just um, as of outside, so online, uh, they are doing yeah. screenings in dark nets or what, wherever. Yeah. Or if, the, with the permission of the management company, they are also. It's also possible for them to really dig in and see where the cybersecurity is not that good as it could be it's yeah. not really linked to insurance cyber insurance mm-hmm. it's really on the cyber security world yeah which will then have obviously an impact on the cyber t- uh, cyber insurance placements in the end
0: yeah. i'm curious if you have any story about where where that became a real issue in the transaction process where you uh, yeah identified really uh, big risks in that space
1: Yeah, actually, I I did have one which is really in demand, and uh, it was a real red flag for the investor. It was one and a half year ago where we were approached for different areas, and one of them was cyber. And we were working for a private equity who was looking uh, for a company, not really as a cyber heavy risk company, but the company was dealing with different data. And our client said, okay, I wanna engage you for online research for this company. And in the end, our colleagues, they found out that in the dark net, they found that there is a leakage of some of the client data of this target company. And it could cost the investor a couple of millions if this would have then be made Wow. basically so in the end there, ha- there has of course been a couple of other issues with this target but the yeah. main one was really that yeah these uh, datas were in this dark net out for sale. so wow. they, in the end it's said to don't move forward with this transaction
0: wow so there's actually been probably quite some significant security repeaters in the past that then have been yeah that's a quite technical topic already but are there any areas or, or risks that are too hot field you don't ensure that's an area where, where your expertise is, isn't so great let's say human capital intellectual property are there any areas that you say okay this is not really our expertise or, or do you really cover the full spectrum
1: yeah financial due diligence and uh, legal due diligence yeah, yeah, yeah. Are obviously HR uh, stuff uh, is not yeah. really our main area I think we have started now as you said say as as i said in the beginning with different approaches like uh, intellectual property and human capital uh, which is obviously not really insurance related but also there we have internal people who are looking after such areas or litigation as well so we really have a broad team who's looking after different angles
0: awesome Uh, in your portfolio i actually also saw the Spinoff um, spin-off of elanco and Bayer animal health and uh, that's uh, something i'm quite interested in i'm not sure if you've been involved in that transaction but i actually started my career at, at Bayer. And that's, of course, a, a corporation that yeah has a long history of spin-offs, of carve-outs, of restructuring. If I look at the materials sector that it at some point became Covesto, if I look at the crop science sector, and just a lot of yeah, a lot of restructuring over the past 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, does it make it easier if a company is so used to that kind of restructuring? Because I, I could imagine there's probably many companies yeah that are quite new to a spin-off like that. Does it make it easier if you work with a company that does it pretty much all the time?
1: Yeah, it it surely does because those guys, they are really familiar with the processes and they know um, what's coming when and why do we have to do this and this. So it's, yeah, I would say it's uh, it would be, or it is easier if somebody has already been involved in a spinoff.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And let's talk a bit about also your role, because of course we've already addressed that you've been yeah recently also promoted to head of a small team you're leading now that's a growing team. In our pre-interview, we already discussed that, yeah, obviously you were not surprised because you've done a good job and you also expected to, at some point, hopefully be promoted. But in the M&A world, is of course, a very male-dominated world. So how did, if you look at your career path, you've been in the scene for quite a while. How did being a woman affect your career path in m and I,
1: I don't think it has been affected at all. When I started in the M&A field, I, became, I, be, I really became this opportunity from one of my managers here in Switzerland Mm. to join his team as a junior project manager. And I had some voices internally who were saying that you are quite young, you're a woman, you you will not uh, manage this. But in the end, I didn't listen to those people or those guys. Yeah. Uh, I just gave my best and uh, showed proof uh, to those guys because yeah. I really wanted to uh, show them that I, I will manage this as a young woman. And yeah. in the end, yeah, somehow it uh, really happened that uh, it, it came good in the end. Yeah. And uh, I think that one of my mottoes is really that limits are excuses. And that I'm always starting there where others maybe give up. And that's yeah. why I probably always show my best in front of, yeah. Every, of anyone.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course, there's also sometimes a bit of a boys club. If I look at M&A conferences um, yeah. or, or just the deal room also, is that something that when you also come into a transaction and, and you talk to those yeah, teams, corporate client teams, maybe how do you get into that? You don't get into the boys club, but how do you break through that?
1: Yeah, it's always I'm not the person who really uh, steps in and show my biggest voice in front of anybody. So I'll be coming into a room and just listening before I say something. But you, as you said, um, really not these days anymore. But I would say two, three years ago, really often when I came into a meeting, there were like uh, maybe nine uh, guys and one woman, which was me. And uh, a lot of times uh, those guys um, thought that I'm a secretary and I'll be uh, (laughs) writing the protocol or whatever. But in the end, yeah, I had always to prove myself and show them I'm able to do this and I'm able to give my best and I'll be always bring my best. Uh, It doesn't matter if I have uh, women in front of me or a man in front of me, but it was not always easy situation, I can tell you.
0: How do you react to that? And It must be such a strange situation when someone assumes you're the secretary when you come into the room.
1: Yeah, I'm a really balanced person and I can just laugh about it because it's a type of respect when a person in in the beginning thinks already that you are, it's like a stamp. And from my point of view, the more respect you have about the person the more you will get out of this person. It's not always easy, but I always uh, try to laugh about the situation.
0: Yeah, that also makes it more fun. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> for young women who want to enter the M&A space today, of course, it's a different time. It's not like you've been in there for four decades. But what what would you advise uh, young women that want to enter the, the m space?
1: I never ask to have a leadership position, to be honest, because no. it's not always easy Also, to, to be in a leadership position, especially yeah. in these days where when you have this uh, whole Home office uh, stuff. I really have had great supporters in my career. One of them is our Global Lemonade CEO, who is really supporting young people who are willing to achieve something. Gave me or uh, a group of them, one of them is my former direct manager, who is uh, now our EMEA. I'm an a CEO and uh, my direct uh, manager who really has said, we want to have you on board and we want to uh, support you and uh, mm. bring you to the next level. It's really important that that you have people uh, beside you or in front of you who are challenging you and who are supporting you. Challenging not who are really want to bring out the, mo- the best out of you. And this yeah. is uh, something which really impacted my career in the past few years and I would really encourage everyone who's really want to do something uh, speak to different persons bring out the best of them and have supporters around you who see what you are doing and how you are working and what you are able to do
0: yeah Anna thank you so much that was so insightful and so valuable if uh, our listeners now want to reach out to you either about the positions or about the general question uh, where can they reach you
1: They can reach me, of course, on LinkedIn and directly via email, wherever they want. So happy to provide any more insights around my background or career. Whenever there is a question, I'm open to, to discuss this.
0: Awesome. Anna, thank you so much for taking the time.